Good evening and welcome to the EFL Preview with me, Adam Davis, here on Three Valleys Radio. In a week that saw an impressive and more importantly first away win for Yeovil Town up at Western Supernair, there was plenty of EFL action for us to cover this week. There was some league action, but more importantly, the return of everyone's favourite lower league trophy, the Papa John's Trophy. Plenty of fixtures in the northern and southern categories, and we will go through those very quickly. What we won't be talking too much about this week is in fact the Championship, of course, as that is on the international break alongside the Premier League. So, it is a League 1 and League 2 special, where we go into a little bit more depth than we normally would, but because there aren't as many teams for us to talk about, it is a slightly shorter episode this week. We do have one league game for us to talk about that we couldn't cover in last week's episode of the EFL Review, and that was namely because it was going out the same time this programme normally gets released. And that was in League One, and that finished Cambridge United 1, Reading nil. Feji Okanabiri scored a late goal to give Cambridge United victory over Reading at the Abbey Stadium. Both sides created opportunities in an entertaining game, with goalkeepers Will Mannion and David Button making excellent saves throughout. Okanabiri's strike came from close range after some smart link-up play with winger James Brophy. The Royals thought they had equalised in injury time, but striker Harvey Nibs' volley did not cross the line. The victory moves the U's up to 6th in League 1, with 12 points from 6 games, while Ruben Sellers' Reading remain 18th. The home side came close to scoring in the first minute of the game, when Gassanod Hardmi's header was saved by David Button and cleared off the line. Reading came to life midway through the first half, when former Cambridge forward Nibs raced through the U's defence, but had his shot blocked inside the penalty area, before rebounds from Femi Aziz, Kalen Vickers and Ben Elliott were all saved by Will Mannion. The second half was just as action-packed at both ends. Both defender Harley Dean and midfielder George Thomas had decent chances for the hosts, while Reading substitute Kelvin E had curling effort from outside the box go just wide. The deadlock was broken when Cambridge substitute Okunabire connected with a brophy cross and fired home from just outside the six-yard area for his fourth goal of the season. Reading supporters thought Nibs had levelled deep into injury time when his twisting volley from close range hit the underside of the crossbar, but it fell to cross the goal line before bouncing out. With that in mind, let's listen to Cambridge United boss Mark Bonner. Well, Mark, felt like it took forever for this game to come around, but well worth the wait in the end. Yeah, been a long, long break for us. Fair, fair play to the players because I said to them at the end, you know, we're not always going to hit the mark with our performances and the results, um, but we have to respond when we don't, and we did tonight. Um, we had a big training block going into this game and have committed really well to that work. So we'll have to do the same again now because we've got a break till the next league game, obviously. But um, I thought we hit a really good level tonight. M- much more like us. Looked, looked very good level for us. I think five out of six games we played really well. Um, and yeah, I was really pleased with the level that we hit. At the end of the game was so dramatic, obviously, but um, pleased with pleased with the performance, the result, and another clean sheet. I thought it was a, a really good, entertaining game and uh, a brilliant crowd here for a Monday night game. And just great energy as well in the stadium, on the pitch, and you can see that right from the start with us almost scoring within about 30 seconds. Yeah, we made a brilliant start. We, we, you know, the ball in play time must have been really high in the first half. I thought there was a great energy about the game, and we created that really. I, I like the intensity that we played with. It must have been close the first one. I've not seen any chances back yet, but um, I thought it was a brilliant, brilliant move. Um, and we had a few others in the first half. 
I also loved how we defended our box in the 30th minute, you know, to throw our body in the way to stop them from scoring. It's, it's just everything we are and need to be and should be. So, yeah, lots to like about us tonight. And you must be really pleased that, obviously, tonight was a big night in terms of Sky Sports, showing the game live and your team to put on such a good performance. But, you know, you lay down a marker when you play your first game of the season. You want to show people what you're about. And when you get a night like this, you know, we're not in the spotlight often or on the stage often. So when we are, we have to try and make it work. So you hope that the club represents itself well. I thought the atmosphere was great in the stadium and I hope that came across on the television. And I thought our level was very good as well. Spirited, but good quality in it as well. Tactically a nice game, aggressive, um, good tempo about it, really good energy from those boys that came off the bench. So when you get those chances, you've got to, you've got to try and make that work for you and, and look a good side, and we did tonight. I was just about to say that it felt like the game was going well at nil-nil and then you make the substitutions and I think everybody in the stadium had confidence then that the team was capable of going out there and getting the win with the quality that we had to bring on from the bench. Yeah, we know attacking options are important and we had plenty, so we knew going in tonight that that's what it will be. Um, there might not be so many 90 minutes for attacking players if we got everybody fit because we ask a lot of our wide players, we ask a lot of our forwards, they've got to go flat out for the time they're on and those that finish the game, we have to make sure we give them a game that they can make an impact in. Um, and they did. We were in the game massively. They came on and made a brilliant impact and uh, really delighted with them. And I thought our goal was outstanding. Yeah, tremendous ending to the game. Get the goal and then drama at the other end. We're looking like Harvey scores on his return, but it's ruled out for a, ruled out for a foul. It had just about everything. Yeah, it did. Uh, it's always going to be a bit like that towards the end. But, and there's maybe one or two bits that we can learn, but we're not in for learning lessons tonight. We're in for enjoying that. That's a, a really good win. Wins are hard to come by in this league, and to have won the number we have so far, we're delighted with the, the start that we've made. But I don't know what you define the start, whether it's 10, 12, 10, 4, 3, game, I don't know. But what, what we're happy with is the level that we're finding, um, and hopefully that will encourage us and motivate us to keep working hard and getting better. So, with that performance, all teams in League One have now played six matches. As we've already said in that report, Cambridge have now taken the final playoff spot, sitting in sixth position, with 12 points and a goal difference of four. They sit on 12 points alongside fifth place Portsmouth and seventh place Oxford United, and one point off the top, which we see Exeter City. Reading, however, have not necessarily had the start to the season they would have liked, but given all the off-the-field issues, in a way, it's truly fantastic they even have a team here at all. That being said, they are in 18th with five points uh, from uh, the starting six games, and still plenty of ways for improvement. So, we'll move on to the other games that took place uh, that have an EFL connection, albeit they aren't league fixtures as we see the return of everyone's favourite lower league trophy, the Papa John's. For those that don't know about the Papa John's trophy, uh, it's a lower league um, competition that only features League 1 and League 2 teams, plus a nice sprinkling of Premier League under-21 sides. They play in a league format, sort of a very small group like you see in the World Cup, before a knockout phase, and it's regionalised for most of the competition. As a result, we don't see too many teams uh, going to far-flung parts of the country that they're not necessarily used to, but we still see plenty of excitement between League 1 and League 2 sides, plus potentially the next big thing in some of the under-21 sides. So, with that being said, let's move straight on to the fixtures in the southern half of the Papa John's Trophy. And we'll start with AFC Wimbledon 1, Stevenage 1. Overall, a rather impressive performance for Wimbledon, as they actually ended up going on to win on penalties. Important rule, actually, to those that don't know. Uh, there are no draws in the Papa John's Trophy, which is 
a little bit odd for the, the football purist in me, uh, but namely because if they get to a draw after 90 minutes, they go to a penalty shootout. If you win that penalty shootout, you get two points, as opposed to three for a win, and you get one point if you lose that penalty shootout. So overall, not too bad. Right, back to AFC Wimbledon and Stevenage. Well, Stevenage took the lead in the 55th minute. Not a lot happened in the first half, apart from three notable yellow cards, two for Wimbledon and one for Stevenage. However, their lead did not last very long as uh, Joe Lewis got a goal in the 71st minute and it took them straight to penalties, winning 5-4 over, well no apologies, 5-all. But Stevenage had to go to sudden death and Nick Freeman missed his resulting penalty. A northern fixture for us now, Barrow nil, a Blackpool 2. Uh, the League One quality was made to show for Blackpool there. Overall, not too bad. Goals from Sonny Carey and Killian Kuwazi. Fleetwood 2, Tramia nil. This game was largely dictated by one event, which of course was a second yellow for Daryl Pike from Tramia. And after that, two goals were scored for Fleetwood. One from, uh, from Phoenix Patterson, who was excellent at the back and half of last season and Jaden Stockley. One of the few fixtures where actually the Lee, um, Lee 2 team beat the League 1 team, should I say, was in the following one. Forest Green Rovers 3, Shrewsbury 0. Another one that did this, in fact, was Gillingham 2, Leighton Orient 1. And what was more interesting here was actually the fact there was two straight red cards for Leighton Orient in the space of three minutes. One for former York striker Shakai Ford and the other going to Brandon Cooper. Goals for Che Alexander and an own goal by Omar Beckles were enough to see Gillingham get all the points. Northampton 1, Oxford United 3. Uh, initially looked really good for Northampton, Tyree Simpson getting them off the mark in the fourth minute, immediately replied by a Mark Harris penalty in the 15th. Going into the second half, Kyle Edwards and uh, Mark Harris again getting goals for Oxford to take them to 3-1 and further compiled when uh, Northampton had Max Dyche sent off. His father, of course Everton manager Sean Dyche, would not have been pleased. Barnsley 2, Grimsby 0. Overall, a very convincing performance for Barnsley there. Of course, the League 1 outfit against plucky but ever usually massive pain in Grimsby. Owen Dodgson getting his first goal for Barnsley whilst he's on loan from somewhere I forget. Just quickly search it up. Apologies, he's on loan from Burnley. Yes, I remember now. And then youngster, who's part of Barnsley's academy, Aidan Marsh, getting the second goal in injury time. But to hear a little bit more about how this match went, let's listen to Grimsby Town boss Paul Hurst. Paul, it's a disappointing defeat, as all defeats are, yep. but what do you take from tonight? Um, I think some questions rather than some answers, uh, I would suggest, but I thought we, we, we kind of were nice in possession, but didn't have enough sort of cutting edge, didn't play kind of safe at times. So I thought we controlled a lot, then found ourselves 1-0 down. Um, then we're on top of the game, really, but without testing uh, the keeper too much. Some positives in terms of Jamie Bramwell coming on. He got four, uh, 45 minutes. Cam Gardner making his, his debut. I think he's earned that. Uh, did well at Boston pre-season. Unfortunately, got injured um, after that game. And then came back at the weekend, got a hat-trick. So he's kind of a quick um, 
sort of up to speed into he's probably not up to speed yet properly but it'll be nice hopefully you know something he'll, he'll remember and something that he can build on so some positives but also like I said some questions rather rather than some answers yeah there was a fantastic spell in that first half before Barnsley scored that first goal where really controlling things and passing it around really well Abu scored nearly nearly scored yeah. <laughs> an absolute worldie which again people would have been you know yeah. cr- uh, pleased about but it was just that first goal wasn't it from Barnsley which kind of killed killed the momentum yeah I mean it, it's um, a poor goal from our point of view yes he's a big lad but it's a long throw if he's going to win the header can't we you know be first to the second ball he didn't have many men in the box in truth um, so that was disappointing and they should, probably should have scored a second again and this is the part of the chat half time and afterwards the, the sort of detail so we can be really good in between the boxes but we know where games are won and lost often and that's in the box so we have to be better from that point of view uh, but there were some good play at times uh, it was, one thing I will give him as in it was a new system to some of the players we played it last season um, it was built more around who we had available um, and kind of had to risk to a degree Issa and Arthur in terms of 45 minutes each uh, because we know where we're at in terms of attacking players so it's an element of risk but we've got to get a team out there um, so that dictated really who we had available for how we lined up So with that new formation were you pleased with what you saw in that first half? Parts like I said parts of it it's never going to be perfect because we haven't really worked on it it's more through again tactic boards conversations verbal instruction etc um, so it's never going to be perfect but some things were, were okay uh, like I said I thought we had quite a bit of control in the game but not that last part we got in some good areas and we, we sort of cross it behind or we put a couple of good balls and we don't get on, on the end of it um, then final bits that are the important parts and often the ones that, that make the difference Has anyone tonight forced themselves into contention at all for, for a place on Saturday? Um, I'll have to give that a little bit more thought I think I know what I'm getting from certain players and others opportunities maybe arise and I can't honestly say that you know that they took that them opportunities really so I yeah like I said a bit of thought and a, a bit of thinking to do from, from the night yeah you mentioned a positive for tonight is the young lads coming on yeah. and, and making appearance and how do you feel they got on against you know senior opposition I thought Jamie did pretty well I think they were quite young at the end and in generally got a, a younger squad you know that's the way they, they look to do things here um, and Cam had a couple of nice touches a couple of bits he, he wanted to tidy up on but you know he's a, he's a young lad it's not a bad place to, uh, to make a debut hopefully it can be the start of something for him. He's still a lot of hard work to do. He knows that. You know, he's, I think he's a, a very grounded lad. Um, but it's a nice little reward for some of the promise they show. Two of the most notable ownerships in the next fixture: Wrexham one, Newcastle United under 21s nil. Sam Dolby getting the goal in the 13th minute, with really not a lot else happening in that match. Accrington Stanley one, Carlisle United nil. 
Accrington doing very, very well to, of course, beat uh, the League One team in Carlisle, who have had fairly patchy form to start their League One campaign, but overall not looking too bad under Paul Simpson. Accrington looking very good, as they normally do, despite, of course, the relegation last year. That being said, it was in fact a Corey Whelan own goal that actually saw Accrington take all the points. Uh, a Lancashire derby in the next one, Bolton Wanderers 3, Salford City 0. It was pretty much all over within the first 12 minutes for Bolton, as Carlos Mendes Gomez, yes, one of the best names in the EFL, getting a first goal in the first minute of the match. Ricardo Santos, captain for Bolton, getting the second goal in the 12th minute, another assist by Carlos Mendes Gomez. In the second half, Aaron Morley getting a third from an assist, yes, you guessed it, from Carlos Mendes Gomez. He was awarded by being taken off in the 60th minute. Salford offered very little throughout the match. Crawley Town 4, Charlton Athletic 3. Now, this was a particularly exciting game. Harry Forster getting the first goal right off the bat for Crawley in the first minute. But by half an hour, it was completely changed. Miles Lieburn getting a goal in the 23rd minute and Tyrese Campbell getting one in the 26th minute to put Charlton ahead. But by the time they hit half-time in the fourth minute of additional time, Kyle Lolos, or Kaladi Lolos, sorry, got the equaliser for Crawley. Into the second half, George Dobson taking a third goal for Charlton in the 58th minute, but was all turned around within the last 20 minutes. Nick Tazarula getting the third for Crawley before uh, Rafiq Khalil getting the eventual winner in the 81st minute. Of course, managerless Charlton as they are still looking to see how their team progress. Of course, we are seeing a few of the first uh, managerial heads to go across the EFL, and notably one of them being Charlton Athletic, with the dismissal of Dean Holden last week. After some fairly patchy formants, of course, still reeling from the 8-0 defeat, Harrogate Town 2, Nottingham Forest under 21s 1. A much better performance that we expect from Harrogate, which was really nice to see for those of us that live near to the town. George Thompson getting a goal in the 56th minute before a lovely, well-worked uh, second, but that eventually saw an Anthony O'Connor finish, making it 2-0 with 10 minutes to go. What we did see was Detlef Asapa Asong getting a goal for Nottingham Forest in the 84th minute, but not enough to really turn things around. The only one of the other notable interesting things in here was in fact debutant for Nottingham Forest, Callum Hudson-Odoi, uh, playing his first match in Nottingham Forest colours. My word, has his career changed in the last couple of years. Port Vale 1, Crew Alexander nil. Not a lot really exciting in this match up until right at the very end. But Ben Garrity did get the goal for Port Vale in the 18th minute. And it was uh, nicely rounded off by Ryan Cooney getting sent off for a second bookable offence in the 8th minute of additional time in the second half for Crew. And finally, probably the uh, somewhat a local derby, although not one that people often give much attention to, I feel. Bristol Rovers 4. Cheltenham Town won. Yes, Cheltenham did finally score for the first time this season, but unfortunately it was in an eventual 4-1 drubbing, made even worse by the fact that they didn't even score it themselves. It was an own goal by James Gibbons. James Gibbons had already actually done very well in the first half, having scored the opener for Bristol Rovers in the ninth minute. Very quickly followed up by Anthony Evans to make it 2-0. And Aaron Collins, of course, League One Player of the Year last year, uh, making it 3-0 by half-time. Gibbons scoring the own goal for Cheltenham, who did look slightly better than they have done uh, recently, but still a long way to go if they want to save off relegation. 
And Rob Street actually gave the own goal. Unfortunately, uh, newly uh, signed from Chris, uh, from Crystal Palace on loan this year. Did very well uh, for Shrewsbury last season. Unfortunately, making up with an own goal for Bristol Rovers once again. So, another interview for us now, and because we haven't heard from him for a while, but is quite regularly an EFL regular, let's listen to Bristol Rovers boss, Joey Barton. So, Joe, most complete performance of the season? Um, yeah, lots lot of, um, well, perf- almost perfect in, in many regards, apart from, from the goal against, you know what I mean? But um, I thought the lads were excellent tonight. Um, certainly the progression of the team, you know, for me, you, you see the stuff that we're working on on the training ground, coming inch by inch, week by week. Um, we just have to be patient. We're building a new team, but I, th- I think the lads who have been chomping for an opportunity, um, you know, ch- showed tonight just what qualities they've got and, 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 you know, having the ability to get the five lads on off the bench and, and it shows the quality that we have in, in, in our group at this moment. Collins back amongst the goals. How impressed were you yeah. last night? He looked like his, himself, didn't he? Do you know what I mean? He looked like he'd, um, certainly from the off, you know, he looked just looked like he had that little bit of a, like a bit of bit of a bit between his teeth, you know. He he, um, he was unlucky at the weekend with a shot from distance, but I thought him, him and Anthony Evans, um, you know, their finishes tonight, you know, first class striking of the ball. So yeah, really pleased for us, um, and hopefully that's the kickstart now. Usually when he gets one, he, he's quite streaky. So um, just disappointing that we haven't got a game Saturday really, um, but he's got you know a, a nice few days now to go and think about that, and, and I thought. You know, not only his goal, but I thought his all-round performance and his positions and the pockets he picked up tonight were uh, much more like you know the Aaron we know and love. Lamar Bogard also played really well today. He played great on Saturday as well. Yeah, impressive you with him. Yeah, he's coming. He's, he's a little bit behind the group just because he came in a little bit longer. But but I said to him, um, you know, if you want to be a complete midfield player, you know, you've got to pick and choose moments. So I thought he was excellent in the four, but also there was some really nice surge and drive and runs there showed you know the class that that Lamy has so um yeah look it's tough to single out any individual do you mean because i thought it was a really good team performance uh but yeah you know there was some really good individual performances within that though anthony evans was superb as you rightly pointed out um but i also think luke mccormack was superb some of the runs he makes um a massive for the team and obviously he's played him and james gibbons have played a lot less minutes than everybody so you know to get that 60 65 minutes into them tonight and obviously get 90 into uh, Josh Grant was um, really pleasing. International break, missing the game on Reading, mm. missing the game at Reading, sorry. What's the next two weeks going to look like? Well, I think, I think we'll, we'll win in the morning, so we'll um, get the lads who haven't done the, the minutes tonight, um, you know, a bit of a physical hit. And then we're going to give the lads a few days off. It's been a hectic period in terms of, you know, transfer deadline, everything up in the air. We haven't got a game for kind of 10 days till we, till we play at Shrewsbury. So, Sometimes you just need a little bit of time away from each other, um, to see your family and your friends. So we'll, we'll get a, a nice little break into the lads and then we'll pick back up um, in the early part of next week after um, you know the, the little bit of a, a break and, and um, hopefully go to Shrewsbury and, and continue you know, all the good work we've done tonight in, in the league. At AJ Wakeley and Sons Family Funeral Directors, we know the importance of compassion and integrity. We also know how unfamiliar decisions can be so difficult at a time of family bereavement. We can provide a steadying influence just when you need it, guiding and helping you make the right decisions to reflect the kind of funeral that your loved one deserves. 
Visit our website, www.ajwakely.com, for more information or call Clive Wakely on 01935 479913. There you go. That was our roundup of this week's set of Papa John's trophy fixtures. Of course, not everyone has participated, and we'll be back in about two weeks' time to see how others mark their first game back in this season's version of the competition. But we will move on to the fixtures taking place this weekend. And although I thought we would be talking an awful lot about League 1 and League 2, actually, we're mainly going to be focusing on League 2. That is because even though there is no uh, no official reason or no uh, dedicated um, break in the League 1 fixtures, there's actually quite a few games that have been postponed due to the sheer amount of international call-ups, subject to the uh, obviously the ever-increasing and ever-exotic nature of uh, English football, which is really fantastic for the game. It means that plenty of people are getting called up for their respective countries. So we're seeing postponements for Fleetwood Town v Blackpool, Lincoln City versus Oxford United, Reading v Bristol Rovers, Shrewsbury Town versus Bolton Wanderers, and Wickham versus Cambridge. What we do have is two games for us to talk about. First of all, Stevenage versus Carlisle United. Um, a, a, obviously a League 2 fixture this time last year. But Stevenage, who have started this season in incredible form, very much how they finished last year's, as they currently find themselves in third position. They'll be taking on a Carlisle United side who have not necessarily weathered to League 1 quite in the same way that Stevenage have, although are still out of the relegation zone and currently sit 19th. But our feature for League One this week will be, of course, focused on Exeter City. Those of us that lived in the West Country uh, for many years, and me in particular, uh, although, of course, I have a yeovil persuasion, and there's no reason I'd be on Three Valleys otherwise, but uh, I did actually grow up a lot of my life in and around Exeter. And so technically, as much as I don't like to admit it, I'm actually mainly from Devon as opposed to Somerset. But one of the wonderful things about Exeter is their fan ownership model. Very, very rare and certainly was when they got bought out uh, by the fans 20 years ago, very much on the brink of um, going out of business completely. So to celebrate 20 years, they are going into their match against Leighton Orient. A massive achievement and something that massively should be praised and we wish them all the best going into this week's set of fixtures. But... We will listen to current Exeter City vice-captain and their longest-serving player, I believe, Pierce Sweeney. Sweeney's late in Orient this weekend, which is an opportunity not only to get our three points on the board, but also to celebrate 20 years of support for ownership here at Exeter City. As someone who's been a part of the furniture here for, for quite a long time, tell us you know, your thoughts on, on what that means to you and that, that anniversary. Yeah, it's obviously a... Um... A massive um, milestone f- for the for the club um, to kind of celebrate where where we've come from. Um, I think there was a a celebration of of Aim and La a couple of weeks ago, um, and he was obviously a massive part in in, in keeping the club alive, a- along with an awful lot of other people. Um, some of the people in the in the trust video I haven't actually met. Um, a couple of past uh, trust chair. And stuff. So um, it was it was interesting for me to see people who who haven't met before being involved in the club for so long. So um, yeah, it's been a it's been a really uh, nice week for the club to celebrate 20 years, and I'm sure Saturday will be a, a good day all round. And 
it's uh, it's quite um, a coincidence that we're we're sitting where we are now on the twenty year anniversary, and um, it's listen the, the the club's fantastically run, and um, where, where it is today is is a credit to everybody involved. Don't think you could have asked for better way to start the season. How's it been for you? Yeah, it's been it's been really good. Um, I think I think first first game of the season when. When you go two 0 up after six minutes, it's a little bit of a whirlwind. Um, I certainly wasn't expecting um, to start uh, so quickly, um, and probably not many other people were as well. So, um, I think for little old Exeter to be sat where we are now on top of the league um, after six games is is a really really nice position to be in. Um, but I think there's an awful long way to go. I think we've got forty league games left. Um, so yeah, it, but I think we're more than capable of of sustaining um, our level of performance and and where we are in the league. There's been such a, a big turnover of players in and out this summer, but one thing that has, has remained a constant has been that back three of you, Will and Alex, and it's been a big part of where we are at the moment. Do you think you three as a trio are playing some of your best football? Um, <clears throat> I think we're, we're definitely... Um, we're definitely doing doing pretty well at the minute. Um, I think we have room for improvement. Um, I think we've 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 had a, we had a couple of meetings in the off season about clean sheets, how many goals we conceded, and I think last season we conceded sixty eight goals, um, which is nowhere near good enough for any football club. Um, and to be sit here six sat here six games in and only conceded two league goals um, is is pretty decent. Um, four clean sheets uh, and listen, uh, four clean sheets is pretty good. But I think the way we're playing individually together, along with Ville, it, it has been pretty pretty steady. So um, a bit more for improvement, but um, it's not a bad start. And it's a, a, a defence that's. Adding goals to their game as well. Well, two of them. Apart from me, <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's it was something that we lacked. It's something we spoke about last season and in the off season to to score more goals from set pieces. Um, we have some 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 really good deliverers of the ball, um, and we've got big lads who can head the ball. Um, we probably haven't scored as many goals as we probably should should be doing, especially back end of last season. So. And um, we started well. We've done an awful lot of work on that, so it's 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 starting to show the the hard work we've we, we've been doing the all season. Of course, we've got Reese that can whip in a brilliant corner or free kick. But we've started seeing you on more set pieces as well. Perhaps when Reese isn't on the pitch. Yeah, it's something um, the manager's um, spoken to me about. Um, Perks has 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 thrown me on set pieces a couple of times and. Yeah, I'm pretty comfortable with that. Um, it's it's pretty easy once you just kind of do a little bit of practice and don't make it as difficult as, as possible. Um, I just kind of tend if Dion or Demi's out on the ball, I just tend just to give the ball to them and let them do the work. So it's it's pretty easy, but it's something something that I'm comfortable with, and it's something I've done an awful lot of work in since I've since I've come to the football club with, with my with my delivery into the box. So um, yeah, we've got good deliverers of the ball and. It's it's definitely working to our strengths. On this weekend, letting or in a side we know really well from, from playing them plenty in League Two. Yeah, it's going to be a difficult game. Um, they probably haven't started as well as they probably would have liked. Um, 
winning the winning the league last year or getting promoted into League One, um, you would probably expect you would have expected them to hit the ground running. Um, they probably haven't started as well as they they would have liked. Um, but it's going to be difficult. Um, most most games in in League One at this level are pretty difficult. Um, yeah, and uh, listen, we're at home. Um, we've got to try and win all our home games and 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 keep our decent home form intact and, and that's definitely what we'll be looking to do and of course when you've had a difficult start like they have you know at some point as we've experienced at one point it will just click and we just have to make sure that we avoid that happening this weekend yeah it's 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 something that we've kind of struggled with over the last while um, we're, we've been pretty decent in, in our performance against Teams on higher up in the table, um, bigger clubs, um, and we've kind of lacked performance and the kind of killer instincts against teams who are near the bottom of the table. Um, today, tomorrow, Saturday will be no different. Um, they've obviously they're only on four points, and, and we're sitting on top of the table with thirteen points. But we're under no illusions; it's going to be difficult, and we have to approach the game like we're playing anybody. Best of luck to Exeter there and congratulations on that fan anniversary. On to League 2 now and we don't have quite a full complement but we do have 11 out of possible 12 matches taking place this Saturday. Most of them taking place at 3 o'clock but one kicking off at 12.30. That is between Bradford City and Grimsby Town. Now we've already mentioned Grimsby uh, this, uh, this episode already. They currently find themselves in 12th position. Bradford finding themselves in 15th haven't quite started the season in the way that many Bradford fans would have hoped that they had done, especially, of course, as they made the playoffs last year. On to Accrington Stanley versus Mansfield. Accrington are still weathering themselves from relegation, but, as we've already mentioned, did very well in the Papa John's Trophy this week. They still find themselves in 8th position, and they'll be taking on 7th-placed Mansfield. AFC Wimbledon versus Stockport are next. AFC Wimbledon really been one of the surprise packages in the EFL so far this season, given how impressive they've looked compared to how dismal they looked for large parts of last year. Mainly thanks to, of course, former glover James Tilly, who I believe has scored seven goals already this campaign. They take on a Stockport County side who are looking a shadow of what happened last year. They currently find themselves in 20th and taking on a team in f such good form as, as is Wimbledon will be a real challenge for the Hatters. Colchester United versus Tranmere Rovers. Colchester United equally having a pretty ropey start to the season. So they currently find themselves in 22nd, despite spending quite a lot of money. Uh, Tranmere equally have, uh, are in a difficult position, having not spent quite as much, and they find themselves in 21st. Be a little harsh to call this a six-pointer already, given uh, how many games are let to be played, but both of them most certainly could do the win to really kickstart their season. Forest Green Rovers versus Crew Alexander. Forest Green Rovers finding themselves in 18th. Still plenty of teething troubles following relegation last year. And Crew Alexander find themselves exactly where they normally would over the last couple of years. Mid-table in League 2 as they find themselves in 11th. Forest Green 18th. 
MK Dons versus Notts County, probably the biggest match taking place this weekend overall, as we see second place MK Dons taking on first place Notts County. A really exciting test there with plenty of excellent players on show, both of them in, of course, excellent form, otherwise they wouldn't be in the position they are. MK Dons, the only team doing very well, really, following relegation last season. Somewhat unexpected, given they how well they'd done two years ago. They were in the playoff, uh, I believe it was the playoff final, two seasons ago in League One and now currently find themselves down in League 2. Notts County starting or well, continuing as they exactly as they did in the National League last year, playing some excellent football and getting some results along the way. A really tight contest to call between the two. I'm really not too sure which way it will go, which probably means it'll be a draw. Salford City taking on Walsall. Salford find themselves in 17th, Walsall in 14th. Salford again made the playoffs last year and have not looked quite as good as they have done, but have picked up some notable wins in other competitions, of course beating Leeds last week in the Carabao Cup. They'll hopefully be able to take that momentum into this week's set of fixtures against ever inconsistent Walsall, and we'll just see how that one pans out. Swindon Town taking on Sutton United. Swindon in 10th place, who are always very, very difficult to beat, against a Sutton side who haven't quite hit the heights that they did last year, looked really impressive beginning of last season, and sort of trailed off and ended up somewhere in mid-table. How they would love to be in mid-table right about now, they currently find themselves in one of the relegation zones in 23rd, having lost many of their starting fixtures. And probably the big one on an international stage, Wrexham versus Doncaster Rovers. Wrexham are squarely in mid-table at present in 13th position, and it will be a much-needed win to get there. So going against bottom of the table, and therefore bottom of the Football League in the form of Doncaster Rovers, is probably exactly what Ryan Reynolds and McElhenney ordered. Of course, they'll be without the striker of uh, Luke Armstrong, who they tried to sign on deadline day, but unfortunately did not complete the deal in time with meeting the paperwork. And discovering that they probably didn't have enough evidence for an appeal, Luke Armstrong is left in a little bit of limbo, and they're looking without a striker, with of course Paul Mullin still heavily injured for the, at least the first half of this season for Wrexham. And the final game that we will cover tonight, Gillingham versus Harrogate Town. Gillingham really came out of the blocks something amazing at the start of this season and are still doing very well. Currently find themselves in third position, much, much better than the Gillingham that we saw last season that was arguably third from bottom for a large part of the year. Harrogate Town still looking, um, continuing to be inconsistent, shall we say. Sometimes looks really, really gritty and have drowned out some fantastic results. And then, of course, we cannot look past the 8-0 defeat by Blackburn and have picked up equally disappointing losses in the league. But enough to hear about me. Let's listen to Harrogate Town boss Simon Weaver. Well, Gaffer, it's early in the season, but a good chance coming up on Saturday to put two wins on the bounce together. Just how important is it to get into that winning rhythm so early on? Well, of course, that's the aim, isn't it? You know, but um, difficult opposition again. Um, but we'll be doing our utmost to play in the... A, a similar manner uh, like we did the other night, you know, where we played some really good football um, and it was winning football too. Yeah, and you speak there about the other night, but that second goal, especially looking back, 30 odd passes to, to create a goal and, and some good movement in that as well. So, how pleased are you to see that fluidity coming so early on in the season and, and coming to forward with so many key players involved in that game as well? Yeah, it was good to see. Obviously, we're encouraged by that. Um, It'll be a different type of game. Like I mentioned that after the game the other day, um, doing it under the strain of playing for points and uh, under that kind of pressure, 
a difficult place like Gillingham is um, and a more physical game. So we have to adapt accordingly, uh, but still give the players, you know, the um, empowerment to go and go and play and play what they see uh, and make good decisions. Yeah, and a player that's perhaps so under radar the last couple of weeks is Josh Thompson. You know, he's put together that consistency to get a run of starts, two goals from it. But how pleased are you for him? Because it's very hard to to nail down a starting position with so much quality in this squad. Mm, well, I think he's a player that. Um, Deserves success, you know. He, he comes to work every day. He's conscientious. Uh, he's dedicated. Does everything that you want as a manager in terms of how he handles himself. Um, so yeah, but it, it's, it's great to see him in, in great form. Yeah, and tactically, of course, this season we've already played a couple of different formations. You know, one up front, two up front. But Billy Armstrong to return and Josh Marsh to come in. How pleased are you with that fluidity the players have shown with key additions still to be added? Well, it's good. You know, we want that competition for places to drive up the standards day in, day out, in training and in games when it, it really does matter. But um, yeah, we'll have some some good players to choose from. The fans saw Jeremy Savvy the other night. Josh Marks not included. How long will it be before we, we expect to see him in action? Yeah, I, I thought Jez, first of all, did very well the other night. It was an exciting debut. Uh, and with regard to um, Josh, it'll be a couple of weeks at least. Um, and we knew the situation when we signed him, that he had a bit of fluid in it and his knee that had to be drained off and then his muscles uh, built uh, up again around that area, but uh, nothing sinister, nothing too uh, drastic at all, uh, but it will be another couple of weeks. Yeah, and obviously you spoke about Gillian being perhaps a different kind of match, but going there, a tougher way going to go to, what's that challenge do you expect? Well, they're a good team, you know. They beat Leighton Orient the other night in the cup. You know, I think they, I think they can mix it up. They've got a good, experienced manager that knows how to do really well uh, at this level and the level above. So, you know, he has, he knows he has to have different ingredients, and, and we know that. Uh, and I think um, it's a physical level, isn't it? So they'll mix it up and and go try and get in behind with Nadison and get runners up behind that, trying to win the second balls. Um, and then get balls in the box, but um, they have different ways of doing it, of getting success. But we've got to try and nullify their threats and, and then put a stamp down of our authority on the game. We've already known that Josh Marshall will be out for a, a couple of weeks now, but will BMDL slightly miss the game on Saturday? No, no, so far so good in training. Uh, it just kicked off behind them, but fingers crossed they can get through to today and tomorrow's session. Uh, but a good, strong squad to choose from. Perfect, Gaffer, thank you very thank much. You. So, I think we would describe this weekend's set of fixtures very much as short but sweet. Very important at League 2 level, and a few games that could mean some real pressure for certain teams in League 1. Of course, if Exeter pick up their win against Leighton Orient, they will go top of the table outright, which will be incredibly important for those teams in and around them to continue to catch. And although it's not necessarily that you can win the league this early in the season, you most certainly can lose it. So, we'll be really interested to see how those two games go. And of course, the 11 that we'll expect over in League Two. But that brings us to the end of tonight's EFL preview. I certainly hope you've enjoyed it. We've had a nice blend of things. We'll be back on Monday to take a look at all the fixtures and, of course, have plenty of interviews from both leagues. If we also have time, we might even sprinkle in a little bit of a transfer window review. But until then, I hope you have a lovely weekend. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye. 